This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Dr. Lance Law and Dr. Mihaela Bogdanov at Comfort Care Family Dental. Hello and welcome to Dana Being Dana. I'm Dana Michelle and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. When it comes to parenting, you really never know what kind of parent you are until you become one. When done right, parenting is one of the most selfless things you can do in your life. Yet when it comes to divorce or a breakup involving children, parents often struggle with keeping the best interests of their children at the forefront of their interactions. Pride, ego, revenge, anger, disappointment, and the sheer desire to control an ex often cloud rational judgment. And otherwise great parents are reduced to selfishly treating their children as pawns. Co-parenting well is a skill developed over time. And joining me today is a former couple who seemingly have mastered this concept. They are the proud parents of 16-year-old twin boys, Mike and Marlo Gall. How y'all doing? Doing great. Wonderful. Thanks for having well, thank us. Thank you yeah, so much for, for joining us. me because I think this topic about co-parenting is something that so many people are struggling with nowadays. Divorce is on the rise, breakups are on the rise, and just struggling to maintain, you know, a, an amicable relationship to be able to co-parent. So we want to know, let's cut to the chase. What is the secret to co-parenting well? Yeah, uh, you know, there's no magic bullet, right? But I think first and foremost, you really have to drop your ego, right? Um, you can't play the, the blame game. And you have to, you know, own your part in whatever that dynamic is. So, I mean, it's the words are very easy to say, but it's definitely an intentional process that you have to engage in every step of the way. The past is the past, right? The past is the past. Yep. <laughs> Mike, what would you say? What's the secret? There's no real secret. I think it's largely staying in your lane, right? Knowing what is your role, uh, knowing that you're going to agree to disagree on a lot of things, but those aren't worth causing a stir over. Um, sometimes Marlo wants to do things one way, I want to do it another way. And maybe when they're with me, they, they do it my way, and with her, they do it her way, and that's how we live. Well, let's go back a little bit and, and talk about your marriage. Um, how long were you two married? I always get it wrong, so you have to answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. I mean, it depends on how you measure it, but I'd say about 12 years. 12 years? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll Briefly so. tell us about your marriage um, and what that was like in the beginning. Um, it was great. You know, I, um, I won't speak for Mike. Well, kind of. Um, you know, I believe we, we firmly signed up for forever. You know, we loved each other for all the right reasons, whatever that means. Um, and, you know, we, we built on that. Our, our families today are still very closely engaged because um, we started off with something really strong and powerful and true. So, you know, it was, it was great for yeah. a while. And I think all marriages begin, you know, kind of with that, with that, those high hopes and, and that plan. Um, and then for some reason or another, things change. Can you tell us a little bit about, about how things change? You described the end of your marriage as, as like the Cold War. So, so tell us what happened. Yeah, I think um, like a lot of relationships, people change, right? So when we met, life was pretty easy. We both were in entry-level-ish sort of jobs, not a lot of financial responsibilities. You get married, you buy a house, you're advancing in your career. 
Uh, we had twin boys on our second anniversary. Wow. Uh, you know, your life is somewhat turned upside down. And I think over the course of time, we just really, we lost us um, with a focus on the boys. And um, so over the course of time, I, I'd say like to some degree, we probably stopped liking each other. <laughs> um, you know, we were, we were focused on, on that co-parenting even at that point and um, got to the point at the end where it, it became like, you know, like you mentioned, more of that Cold War situation where we were, we were just roommates. I appreciate you all saying that because I think that is a very natural and understandable, relatable reason for why a lot of marriages um, end, to be honest, growing apart, the, the stress of twins, right? Just kids in general, but, but twins, twin boys, um, can put a lot of stress and strain uh, on, on your marriage. Um, what was your marriage like uh, when it came time to your divorce? How did, how did the relationship end? Wow. Um, so we've talked about the Cold War and thankfully it never got really heated, right. but it's no less painful, mm -hmm. right? So I think we both just got tired of just living with that void. You know, it's like your ships sort of operating around each other, you know, and it wasn't even conscious. It's like, you know, if I'm in a room, he comes and I leave or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think underneath it all, we both still at that time and today, obviously, um, had a tremendous amount of respect for each other and just figure out on our own terms, like we have to do something else before we end up not liking each other, like really not liking each other right. and just having it turn ugly. You know, I, I can speak for myself. I felt like it was on the verge of that. Like mm -hmm. my health started suffering. You know, I was in the ER having panic attacks, didn't know why. Um, everything else was seemingly healthy and it's just, you know, it's environmental. Yeah. So I think each of us in our own way figured out like we, we have to do something else. So 12 years into your marriage, you ended up getting divorced. You wanted more out of life and, and in a partnership and in a marriage, and you both deserve that. Um, you talked about how the work that it takes to co-parent well, right? You divorced, and I can appreciate the fact that there was no abuse in this, in this marriage and, and other things that make it much more complicated for people mm -hmm. to not co-parent well. Um, but you talked about the work that it takes to, to co-parent. Can we talk a little bit about that? Tell me more about the work that it takes to co-parent, maybe how co-parenting was like in the beginning um, and, and the kind of work that you had to do to get to where you are. Yeah, I'd say, you know, and, it, and I think it's different for everybody, right? So, I mean, for us, we, we settled on a schedule, right? And for the better part of the last seven years, it's been Tuesday, Thursday, and every other weekend, is my schedule and Monday, Wednesday, and every other weekend it is her schedule. And you've got to own your schedule, right? And um, you have to realize and prioritize, like the, the, the boys are the number one priority above all things. Um, you have to give up social things. You have to, I mean, you have to plan around even, you know, we started in the beginning too. We plan around work, right? Like if I'm traveling for work or she's traveling for work, we, we're really good at trading, right? Um, and understanding, that, you know, things, things are dynamic. 
and the flow changes and like you, you can't get upset about that. You just kind of, you pivot and you make it work. And that's an important aspect that you said talking about trading. So when one of you has to travel or has some sort of conflict, you support each other in that. So it's not about, you know, getting back at one another or, or leaving somebody high and dry when it comes to the children. It's about having each other's back in that regard because that's in the best interest of your kids, right? Sure. To yeah. be with either one of you over anyone else. Marlo, what would you say? Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, by all means, I don't want to make it seem like we're fully baked. We came out that way. I mean, it took us some time to get to that point. Tell us about that. Sure. Um, you know, there would be times where, you know, um, if, you know, I had a babysitter, usually my parents, and I decided to go out on you know, one of my weekends, you know, I know that would sometimes bother Mike because it's like, you know, that's your time. Um, but we work through it. You know, I think, you know, we have conversations about feeling judged or not wanting to be judged. And, you know, he mentioned earlier, it's like, okay, when, when they're here, this is how we do things when we're, you know, at his house, this is how we do things. And we find a middle ground, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I just, I want to stress that again, it wasn't fully baked. Like we've evolved to this point, thankfully, and we just go easy with each, with each other now. And one thing I do want to say too is, you know, before we got to the, you know, co-parenting and the schedule and all of that, I know that I did work on myself and I had time with a therapist. Mike also had time with a therapist. And I feel like that really prepared us for this next phase in life. Um, because it forces you to think about like your part in the dynamic and how you can either make it better or make it worse. So when I say drop the ego, um, that took a lot yeah. to take that on. I think that's so, so I'm true. thankful, you know, we both did that work. That's mm -hmm. part of the work on our own. Um, and I think that's huge, yeah. that self-work mm -hmm. to make your partnership work mm -hmm. um, all that more fruitful for your kids. You know, you Absolutely. can be better yourself with the healing mm -hmm. because everybody going through a divorce has some healing work to do. Sure. Everyone plays a role in, in the demise of a, of a relationship. But getting past that, doing that heart work, doing that healing work mm -hmm. can make you show up better in a different way. So let's talk about, about moving on. Um, have you both moved on? Because uh, I think that's part of the co-parenting, right? Sometimes people struggle with co-parenting because they haven't actually moved on mm -hmm. and they perhaps conflate the two, uh, being married versus being co-parents. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Have you both moved on um, and does that impact your co-parenting? Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> and moving on is not like a point in time either, right? Moving on, the boys were nine when we first separated and like 10 then when we were divorced and they're 16 now. And so, you know, there's, there's a long runway from age 10 through the end of high school and into college. And like, I think everyone has to view moving on differently. Like mm -hmm. for me, like I'm in a position now where they're a year and a half away from graduating high school where moving on looks a lot different. Like I am like moved on in another relationship uh, where, you know, I can now juggle those priorities but for a long period of time like it was my number one and number two and number three priority was parenting sports school and those sort of things and so 
you can imagine that you know trying to move on and date other people is very challenging mm -hmm. during that period. It just you know it doesn't really work well. If it, I find it didn't work well for me when the boys were my priority. Understood, Marilla. Yeah, uh, the the moving on thing. Yeah, I'm in a relationship now. Um, I think one of the things I appreciate when we talked about how that could work in the future, we made an agreement that, you know, before anyone comes around our children, they have to meet us first. Mm -hmm. um, the reason that works well for us is because we have such a, a healthy family village, his family, my family, they all sort of intermingle. That's a lot for someone new to take on. Right. Right. So we just want to be very clear about boundaries and roles. Um, you know, this is the mom, this is the dad. You're welcome to participate in the dynamic. Just right. stay in your lane and respect your position. And we've both been fortunate to find people who respect that position. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I was able to sort of separate, like this is my home life. And while I figure out my dating life, um, you know, I can find that balance, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, again, for me, it was critically important that I didn't bring anybody in the scenario who would disrupt this family dynamic, because that's my priority. Yeah. Um, you know, people can come and go, but this family unit is forever. Mm -hmm. So it's important to me to make sure if I'm bringing anyone into this fold, they're going to be additive and not disruptive. That's great. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. where it is now. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Marlo and Mike, for sharing your story. And I hope that it is inspirational to others on their own journey. Next, I will be joined by an expert who has turned her own co-parenting experience into a thriving career counseling others. We will have tips for us all on becoming better co-parents. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Dr. Lance Law, part of the husband and wife team at Comfort Care Family Dental. I'd like to be the first to welcome you to our office. We strive to make every visit a relaxing and stress-free experience. The desires and needs of you and your family will be our primary focus in delivering the quality dental treatment you deserve. We offer a wide array of dental services. You can relax and enjoy most procedures all at our convenient state-of-the-art facility. Your dental needs will be well explained and all questions will be answered by your educated and well-trained team. We pride ourselves in making every patient part of our dental family. We strive to be the dental provider where you will be proud to refer your friends and loved ones. Please give us the opportunity to be your new dental home. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. back to Dana being Dana. Joining me now is Rosalie Farnsworth, the founder of the Co-Parenting Collective, who has created a wonderful community focused on co-parenting well. Rosalie, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you are incredible with what you're doing in the community uh, and how you are inspiring people to be better co-parents. So you Thank you, Dana. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Of course. So you watched Mike and Marlo in the earlier segment. What is this former couple doing right? 
Right off the top, I mean, I've been co-parenting for 20 years and I they have the big three. They've got acceptance, they've got flexibility, and they treat each other with decency. Like like they're still they still see each other as human beings. And that's huge. Those are the top Repeat three. Those again. I think those are great. Acceptance. Uh, in meaning that they you can see that they accepted that their relationship was over. Right. Now it's time to move forward. And that's important. Um, of course, major. A lot of people just don't get there. You they know? don't accept it. So, nope, they don't. They keep nitpicking and keep arguing and stewing in the past, um, which you, which I heard you touch on as yeah. well. The second one is flexibility. So they seem like they're really flexible in that it benefits the kids so that they're never their needs are never not met. Mm -hmm. You know, they are flexible with their schedules and working with each other, like they said, with for swaps and things like that. So there's flexibility, which is, you know, super important if you want to get it right. Mm -hmm. And um, decency, you know, they see each other. And like she said at the very, you know, she said she knows that this is her forever family and Mike has her back. And that's important. You know, that's important not to treat each other like, uh, take each other for granted and treat each other like cyborgs all of a sudden and just go off and do your thing. And, um, you know, like almost robotic, it doesn't feel good for anybody, you know? And I think acceptance, uh, decency and flexibility. Yeah. I think those are so important and, and very critical. Um, I think the acceptance piece is, is important to, understand where you're at, you know, and, and grieve the loss of the, of the marriage. Um, mm-hmm. and then what the co-parenting relationship can be and being flexible in that, um, and just being kind to one another, uh, being decent mm-hmm. to one another. At one point you made children together, um, and, exactly. and, and living into that, owning up to that. Um, now you've been through your own co-parenting experiences. You said you've been co-parenting now, for 20 years, what did your own personal experiences teach you? And, and how did you turn those into the co-parenting collective? Uh, okay. So 20 years, then I got to boil it down to a sentence. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Go. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, what it taught me is that I am, first of all, I made the right decision. So that's one of the big things, right? When you get divorced, you're just like, did I make the right decision? Did I just screw up everything and my child's whole life? But as time went on, it really came full circle that it was the right decision. And that was, that's a big lesson to learn um, and just be okay with everything and focused on your child. And, you know, not for nothing, I think it made me a better mother. Yeah. Because I didn't have the weight of a toxic relationship to distract me from memories or taint memories or, you know, just dis- be disruptive to being a mom. One thing I know, lo- right. And one thing I like, um, and, and I'm a divorced single parent too, in the sense that um, you create the opportunity for your children to see you being loved well and treated right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who who stay in situations that are not good for them. Once, like you said, it takes the focus away from being a good parent, but they also, kids are watching and they see these examples. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think it's important for kids to see both parents being treated well, being loved right, and navigating what that looks like. 
During the holidays, I think is an especially challenging time for co-parenting. Um, I think people can get uh, inflexible. If, if we've talked about some of the things people are doing well uh, during the holidays and a lot of things happen and go wrong and stuff during the holidays, what advice do you have for people to co-parent well uh, during, during the holidays of, of any season? I would definitely the flexibility. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. When one of my son was about, I think he was about seven or eight years old. And at that point, um, we had been co-parenting for five years or so. I was so, I got so sick one Christmas. I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed, but it was my Christmas and I was supposed to have him. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't remarried or didn't have, you know, another partner in the house at the time. So, you know, it was just me and my son. And, um, uh, that was that. So long story short, my, his dad ended up taking care of everything, Mm. like, getting all the presents, you know, taking care of, you know, picking up the, you know, he actually had some vacation plans. He canceled them and brought my son to me so that, you know, but, but took him so I could get rest and get better. And that flexibility really saved. can you imagine if he just was like, you know, it's like red Rover, red Rover, send the kid over, he sends him over. I'm in bed, you know, getting sick and taking medicine and can't sleep and all these things. And what is my son supposed to do? Just sit there and stare at me, you know? So that flexibility, you got to think about those things. That flexibility is so super critical. Anything can happen at any time. I agree. And I think it also works in the reverse too, meaning that like everything is not necessarily going to be perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. I heard a story once of someone during the holidays um, uh, not having food prepared on time for Thanksgiving. How many times do you set a time to eat? a meal Mm -hmm. during the holidays. And for one reason or another, uh, things get delayed. And she was heartbroken because her ex was like, nope, I'm getting the child at three, you know, and and so the child didn't even get to eat with the first family. Um, And I think it's tough personally splitting uh, the day up for the children because they're kind of going back and forth. Um, But but, I agree with that completely. Yeah, I I think alternating perhaps holidays as opposed to splitting the holidays in the middle allows people to move on um, Mm -hmm. and allows the child to kind of be fully enmeshed, immersed in one atmosphere for that day and then Mm -hmm. the next year with the next family and and whatnot. But, you know, to each his own. Um, So the the holidays are are funny. So we think that we can only do the thing on the one day. But the reality is that your kids have a week off of school. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. if, if it happens, if you eat the turkey on the Friday, it, you shouldn't be beating yourself up. Like That's no true. one, honestly, I've been, again, I'm 20 years removed from that first day, taking the first step towards right. co-parenting. But I can tell you all that kind of stuff that you get stuck on at the beginning. Um, I've moved through it. I've raised a whole human. None of it matters. Yeah. And I want people to know that it doesn't matter. Yep. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be that day. You can still create wonderful memories, you know, the next yes. day, the day before. Um, and the beauty of, of separation or moving on is that you can create the holidays and traditions that are your own. 
in the ways right. that you want, in the ways that feel good to right. you. Uh, do what you all enjoy doing and creating that nuclear mm -hmm. nuclear group. Um, mm -hmm. But some people are stuck. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be rigid. That's, it doesn't have to be rigid. Whole, that's that's our whole message here. It doesn't. Ex it just doesn't. Exactly. And let me tell you, the the work that I do, I actually work with um, kids that are divorced, like teenagers, will contact me, and that is one that like the number one complaint is the rigidity. Yeah. You know, especially when they're getting older. And they want a little more independence Absolutely. and a little more freedom. And they've got their friends now and, you know, extracurriculars. Yeah, it really, that's what ends up causing a lot of friction because the kids are like, they don't want to step on anyone's toes. They yeah. want their kids to, they want to be available to their parents, but they're also growing up in the middle of it. Yeah. So, you know, the holidays can really put a lot of pressure on our children unnecessarily. Agreed. And I think it's not personal. So sometimes no, it's, it's not. the kids just want to be with their friends or they want to be in, in something that's more familiar to them. And it's not preferring a parent over one over the mm -hmm. other. But some people mm -hmm. are stuck. What advice do you have mm -hmm. for people who are stuck and or who <sighs> find it impossible to co-parent with an ex? So anyone, if it's impossible, you know that it's really impossible. Like, let's say, you know, I... One of one of my clients pops to my head, and she has done nothing but bend over backwards to have her ex in her son's life. But he he is so closed off, walled off behind that that again behind that wall that like parallel parenting builds, mm -hmm. um, and and literally it's like send the kid over the wall, and then whatever happens. But there's it's it's impossible for her. Okay. Not because of her mindset. It's, it is literally impossible. Her ex is, is not budging has moved on. The wife isn't down for co-parenting, doesn't support it. So it's the two of them against her. And so she has accepted that. But I think people who think that it's impossible, you know, that's a rare case, but I think people who think that it's impossible just aren't surrounded by the right information or the right people right. and can, can, you know, what, what we listen to is who we are. And I, we have to make sure that there's a voice of reason in there somewhere. That part. That <laughs> yes, part. that part. So, so are you, you have to ask yourself if you feel like it's impossible, you have to ask yourself, is it really impossible? Right. Take a look at your sister situation. Is it really impossible? Or are do you are you looking at it from the mindset of it being impossible? Because I find that a lot of people, when I tweak their mindset a little bit, they sail off into happily even after. Right. That mindset is everything. And mm -hmm. that mindset it tweak is. can make mm -hmm. such a difference. If yeah, you, you yeah. don't have to be stubborn and you can grow. We all no. have growing opportunities. Um, we do. Thank you so we much, do. Rosalie, for joining You're me. You're welcome. You are You're incredible. It can, be, <laughs> it can be devastating after the end of a relationship involving kids for people yeah. who once shared everything to pick up the pieces and move forward in co-parenting. Again, mm -hmm. good parenting is selfless and getting co-parenting right takes a lot of humility, priority of children, and forgiveness. While your breakup may not have been planned, that is not the fault of your children. Everyone deserves to move on in peaceful and healthy ways. Because when exes are able to co-parent effectively, everyone wins. And your children deserve that. Thank you to my guests for sharing your stories, advice, and tips. And thanks to Comfort Care Family Dental for the smiles they keep. 
Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Dr. Lance Law and Dr. Mihaela Bogdanov at Comfort Care Family Dental.